Welcome back to the swamp, my friends, and welcome if you're new. Today I'm going to be sharing some creepy and allegedly true fishing horror stories that are going to freak you out tonight. Now, these stories are definitely going to be a bit diverse. There might be some paranormal spookiness, there might be some cryptids here and there, maybe some creepy people might be sprinkled in somewhere, I don't know. There's a little bit of everything in this one. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit your story at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I would love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. The stories like yours that help keep this show going on a daily basis. Now, without further ado, let's jump right into these creepy and allegedly true fishing horror stories that'll freak you out tonight. My Trip to Cape Cod by Anonymous During the balmy summer of 2022, in Cape Cod nestled in its serene surroundings, was a secret haven for lake fishing lovers like me. My favorite spot lay on a half mile down a set of train tracks concealed by a hidden path, veiled in shadows even in the brightest of daylight. Though I typically favored the serenity of morning fishing, a spur-of-the-moment decision led me to go there one night after work. The track felt familiar beneath my feet, but carried an eerie stillness that evening. Passing a tree, I glimpsed what I believed to be a growth clinging on to one of its branches. Dismissing it as a trick of the dim light, I pressed on. Upon reaching my chosen fishing spot, an inexplicable unease descended. It was as if a thousand eyes bore into me from the surrounding darkness. Try as I might, I couldn't shake the sensation of being watched. An oppressive weight that grew with every minute. Panic edged into my consciousness, overriding the thrill of potential catches. I abandoned my gear, hurriedly stowing away after a mere ten minutes. The decision to retreat seemed rational at the time. I reassured myself that morning light would dissipate these unsettling feelings. With the first few rays of dawn peeking over the horizon, I ventured forth again, reaching the secluded path. I was drawn to the branch that I had dismissed the night prior, no mere growth adorned to it. Instead, a skull rested there, stark against the dim light. My blood turned to ice as I recognized it as a deer skull, maybe even a goat skull. Its flesh meticulously stripped from the bone. Fear gripped me amplified by the realization that hunting was strictly prohibited in these parts due to the proximity of residential areas. Dread coiled within me, intertwining with the memory of that haunting sensation of being observed. It just wasn't an animal's remains I stumbled upon, but a haunting testament of something far more sinister. The notion pierced my mind. Those who had defiled the skull might have been lingering that very night, lurking among the shadows contemplating far darker deeds, possibly even against fellow humans. That thought sent a shiver down my spine, leaving me questioning the safety of those secluded woods. Fishing with my dad by Think Physics When I was young, my dad always took me fishing at dawn. It didn't matter if I was five and whiny, he could give me a donut and a fishing line to watch and peace would settle. It honestly surprises me I still remember this, but this was a scary experience for a five-year-old, maybe even a six-year-old. Our day started pretty early. 
Outside it was still dark and my dad packed up all our fishing gear. We went out to the pier. It was right outside a hotel and it was me, my dad, and it was just his favorite spot because nobody shooed the fishermen away. We usually saw one or two people early as we were there, but this time there were quite a few, I think four or five. What I imagine were college kids outside drinking, probably taking in the sunrise. What happened later that morning was not my dad's best decision, but he said he needed to grab a hook quickly from a car. He said he'd be back in an instant. The gutting knife was right there, and if I ran into trouble, you know, I could use it. A-plus parenting, I know. The youngins were pretty loud, and I was vigilant because I was a nervous kid, so I just kept watch. An ambulance siren blared at a distance, and one of the guys looked behind him and said, Your dad just got run over by a truck, the girl chastised. Stop, oh my god, you're so bad. While the other guy laughed like it had been the funniest thing anyone had ever told. Again, I was a very nervous kid and like five or six years old. I didn't know any better, so I, so I believed him. I didn't know whether to run and find my dad, there was only one exit and it was right by them, or grab the knife in case they wanted to do something to me. It felt like an hour had passed while I was thinking about my dad's state, but it had probably only been a couple of minutes. The tension melted away when I saw my dad walking back towards me. I almost cried into a puddle when my dad asked me what was wrong as he gutted the fish he had caught earlier. I told him about the man and that he told me he got run over. He clenched the knife he was holding still covered in blood and approached the guy and his cohorts. What the hell did you say to my daughter? L listen sir, I don't know what she heard. We just asked her if she had caught any fish. Gonna ask you one more time. Why did you tell her I got run over? He inched closer and closer to them. The dude was frantic and probably sobered up real quick. In a chorus of, we don't want any trouble, the others scrambled for their cooler and practically ran away. I should have been more worried that I didn't know if my dad was going to stab a couple of kids, but... That aside, I felt like the luckiest, safest kid in the world. The Dangers of Remote Fishing by Anonymous I had always been fascinated by the great outdoors and the beauty of nature, so when I heard about Yosemite National Park growing up, I knew I had to go. I packed my gear, and I set out on a hiking and fishing trip excited to explore the park's crystal clear streams, towering trees, and breathtaking scenery. I had been hiking for quite a few hours, taking in sights and sounds of the forest when I realized that I had lost my way at some point. The trail that had been guiding me seemed to just disappear, and I couldn't find any markers to guide myself back. I tried retracing my steps, but the forest was just too dense, and I couldn't tell which way was which panic began to set in, and I began to realize that I was lost. As I walked, I noticed that the trees seemed to be getting closer together, and the forest was becoming darker altogether. The sound of the babbling brook that had been guiding me was fading away slowly, and I was left with an eerie silence that only amplified my fear. After some time, I stumbled upon a clearing, and in the middle of it was an old cabin. It looked abandoned, and I hesitated before going in. The door creaked as I pushed it open, and the smell of mildew hit me. The inside was dusty, and the furniture was covered with cobwebs. It was clear that no one had been here in quite some time. I decided to make camp inside the cabin for the night, hoping to find my way out of the forest in the morning. I was lucky to find a place that was dry. 
I got a fire going in the fireplace and began to make myself comfortable for the night. And as the warmth of the flames washed over me, I felt a sense of relief. But as the night went on, my sense of safety would begin to fade. The silence was unnerving, and I kept hearing strange noises coming from outside the cabin. It sounded like something was walking around the perimeter, and I could hear the occasional snap of a twig or rustling of leaves. I tried to convince myself that it was just some sort of animal, but the fear was too immense. As the night wore on, the noises became more frequent and more prevalent. I realized that I wasn't alone here. I could hear something moving around outside the cabin, and it was not my mind playing tricks on me. I felt the sense of dread wash over me. It sounded like something was trying to break in, scratching and clawing at the walls ever so slightly. I tried to ignore it the best I could, but the fear was far too great. I lay in my sleeping bag, heart racing, my eyes darting around the room looking for anything. Every time I thought the noises had stopped and would begin to close my eyes, they would immediately start back up again, even louder and more intense than before. It was like it was playing mind games with me. It knew when I was about to fall asleep. Finally, the noises stopped altogether, and I was left with an even more creepy, eerie silence. I tried to convince myself that everything was okay, but the feeling of unease just lingered. It never really relented. I decided that I couldn't stay in the cabin any longer, and then I had to find my way out of this forest ASAP. As I stepped outside, I saw a figure in the distance standing amongst the trees. It was dark and tall, and it seemed to be staring at me. I immediately stopped, stared right back at it, and the figure vanished into the forest. I ran in the opposite direction, trying to find my way out of the park, but the forest seemed to be alive all around me, and it was as if it was trying to keep me trapped inside its depths. I had heard more strange noises, and I had saw more shadowy figures in the distance. It was like I was living in a nightmare. The night was long, and my body was tired, but I knew I had to keep moving. I stumbled upon a river and followed it. This was my last hope. I was really hoping it would lead me out of the forest, but the river was treacherous and the rocks were slippery. I fell several times, bruising my knees and scraping my hands. Finally, after what felt like an eternity, a lifetime if you will, I saw a faint light in the distance. My heart leapt with hope and I began to run towards it with all I had. As I got closer, I realized that it was a campsite. There were a few tents set up and I could see the glow of a campfire. I stumbled into the camp, gasping for breath, and the campers looked up in surprise. They were a group of three friends who had been hiking in the park for a few days now. They gave me a fair chance and listened to my story, and their faces were full of concern. They offered me a hot meal and a place to sleep for the night, and as I sat by the fire, I felt the tension in my body begin to ease just ever so slightly. I was grateful for their kindness and for the safety of their company. The next morning, I set out with their group, determined to find my way out of the forest. They were experienced hikers and knew the park well, and they helped me navigate the trails. We hiked for a couple of hours, and I could feel the relief wash over me as we got closer to the park entrance. As we emerged from the forest, I looked back at the towering trees, dense undergrowth, and everything that I had gone through, and the fear I had felt the night before seemed distant and unreal, like a dream that had faded with the morning light. I thanked the group for their help profusely and set out on a long journey back home. As I drove away from the park, I couldn't help but think that the strange occurrence of that night before, maybe it was just my imagination, or was there something more sinister lurking in the forest? The memory of that night stayed with me for a long time, and I couldn't help but feel a sense of unease. Whenever I thought about it, I would get nightmares. 
but despite the fear and uncertainty, I knew that I would return to Yosemite National Park one day. The beauty and majesty of the park were too great to resist, the lure of the wilderness was way too strong, and plus I had to go pick up my camping gear eventually. A Trip to Paradise by I Am Kyle I always dreamed of going on a fishing trip to the Florida Keys, so I jumped at the chance and my buddies invited me to join them on a weekend trip. We arrived at our rented house on the water's edge on a Friday's evening, and ready to spend the next two days catching some big fish, we were all very amped. The house was a charming old beachfront cottage with peeling blue paint and a wraparound porch that faced the water. It had three small bedrooms, a cozy living room, and a fully equipped kitchen. We were absolutely thrilled to find that we had a dock in the backyard with a small motorboat tied to it, which was perfect for our fishing trip. The first day went by smoothly. We woke up early and headed out to the ocean with our gear, and within just a few hours we caught some decent sized fish. We decided to head back to the house to cook our catch and rest up for another day on the water. That night, things began to feel odd. Sitting around the campfire, we heard strange noises from the nearby woods. Something was moving around there, but we couldn't see anything with the darkness. We shrugged it off as just some local wildlife or fauna and went to bed. We woke up early the following day and returned to the water. This time, however, things felt different. It was hard to put my finger on it. The water was choppier, the sky was overcast, and the eerie silence hung over everything. It was like the world was holding its breath. As we started to fish, I noticed the water was murky and dark, almost like it was hiding something that it didn't want to show. But we kept at it, hoping to catch something big. That's when everything started to go terribly wrong. My friend Jack suddenly yanked on his fishing line and we all rushed over to see what he had caught. But when we looked closer, we noticed it wasn't a fish at all. It, it was a human hand. Now, of course, we were all horrified. We had no idea what the heck to do. We quickly pulled into the line, hoping that it was just a fluke, but as we continued to fish, we kept pulling up more and more human remains. Bones, limbs, even a skull. We knew we had to get out of there and bring this to the police ASAP, but as we tried to start the engine and get away, of course, in a cliche manner, it wouldn't freaking start. We were trapped on the boat with this gruesome discovery and there was no way out. That's when we saw a figure moving through the water towards us. It was a man, but he was covered in seaweed and algae, and his eyes were cold and dead. He started to climb up onto the boat, and we all stumbled back in terror. We fought back as best as we could, honestly we did. We used any fishing rods, anything we could to poke and prod this man to get him off, but he was relentless. His movements were jerky and unnatural. He started to lunge at us, trying to bite us with his sharp, broken teeth, and then we realized this was no man at all. He was some sort of creature from the deep. We tried to reason with it, to plead with it to let us go, but it was too late. The creature was upon us, trying to tear at our flesh with whatever claws and teeth it had. It was like a nightmare come to life, a creature straight out of a movie, like the creature from the Black Lagoon. I don't know how we all survived that day. I don't know how we made it back to shore, but luckily, one of us finally got the boat moving. We were able to use the momentum of the boat jerking and everything we had to push to knock it out into the water. We started hauling ass and did everything we could to save our lives. 
We did some digging after we got to shore and tied up the boat. We locked all the doors, of course, all the windows, made sure nothing could get in after we, you know, experienced whatever the heck we experienced. And we did see that there had been a series of disappearances in the area and that a creature had been encountered by many, many people. But the memory never fades from me. I'll never forget that thing. A lot of people think that this monster is some sort of local urban legend, but I know it's real. I don't know if people will believe me and I don't really care. I know what I experienced. State Park Fishing Nightmare by Tony M. It was a pretty hot summer day, and I decided to take a break from the city and spend some time fishing at the local state park. I packed my gear and drove to the park, eager to relax and enjoy the peaceful surroundings. As I arrived, I noticed there was a small group of people standing near the water. They looked like they were in their mid-twenties, and they all wore black robes with hoods that covered their faces. I thought it was kind of weird, but, you know, people LARP and do all kinds of stuff like that around here, so I tried not to pay too much notice. They didn't seem to notice me as I walked by, but I couldn't shake that feeling that something was off about them. I found a quiet spot by the water and cast my line. The fishing was good and I caught several fish within the first hour. Every time I looked up, I noticed that that group of people in the black robes had moved closer. They seemed to be watching me and it made me uncomfortable. As the day went on, the group of people grew larger and more of them arrived in the park. They all wore black robes and hoods and they all seemed to be focused on me. It felt like I was being stalked, like I was some sort of local celebrity. As the sun began to set, the group of people moved closer once more. They formed a circle around me and I felt trapped. They were so close that I could see their faces now, and they looked strange and almost otherworldly. Their eyes were dark and hollow. They had strange markings on their skin. One of the people stepped forward and spoke to me in a low, hissing voice. We've been waiting for you. They said, You're in the sacrifice. I, I tried to run, but they were too quick. They tripped me up and grabbed me and dragged me into the woods, their voices echoing in my head. I was terrified and confused. What the hell was happening to me? As we entered the woods, I saw that they had built some sort of makeshift altar out of stones and twigs. They pushed me onto it, and I felt a sharp pain in my chest as they began to chant. I almost couldn't move. I almost began to feel paralyzed. I don't know if it was with fear or something else. Suddenly, the chanting abruptly stopped and the group of people looked up. I heard a deep growling coming from the woods, and then I saw a pair of glowing eyes in the darkness. The group of people panicked and ran, leaving me alone on the altar. I looked up and I saw a massive creature standing over me. It had razor-sharp claws and teeth, and it was covered in what I can only describe as disturbing-looking fur. I realized that the group of people had summoned it, and they had intended to sacrifice me to it. The creature looked down at me, and I felt its hot breath on my face. I closed my eyes and waited for the end, but instead I heard a deep, rumbling growl. When I opened my eyes again, the creature was gone, and I was alone in the woods. I stumbled back to my car, shaken up and absolutely terrified. As I drove away from the state park, I realized the group of people had been worshipping something beyond human understanding, and that creature was likely whatever god they had been praying to. I don't know why it didn't kill me. I have no idea why their sacrifice didn't go as intended. My only guess is, is that it went after them or something else. If anybody has any idea what I, what I survived, what I got out of, please let me know.
I'll never go fishing again. Bye. Anonymous. For the longest time now, my one true passion in life has been fishing. I have a high-pressure job as a stock trader in my hometown of Philadelphia, and nothing seems to help me unwind from a stressful week quite like a day's worth of fishing. I think it is the combination of the serene setting, the slow, steady pace of it, and the fact that I am reconnecting with nature. When most of my life is spent in a stuffy office space staring at a computer screen. But there has always been one dream fishing trip that I've always wanted to go on, but never really had the time to arrange. And that is bow fishing down in Louisiana. Ever since I saw a segment on it on the World Fishing Network, I was just dying to try it. I always wanted to try out archery too, so combining that with my passion for fishing just seemed like the obvious choice. I had mentioned it to my wife once or twice, and being the great listener that she is, she ended up arranging a trip down into the bayou for myself and a few of my buddies for my 37th birthday. We flew down to New Orleans on a Friday morning, which I had no idea was named after Louis Armstrong. Then, spent the day hanging around Bourbon Street, drinking cocktails and soaking up the jazz. Then, after fighting off the hangovers the next day, we drove down along the Mississippi River to this little place called Burris, where we found ourselves at New Orleans Boat Fishing Charters. The guys down there were awesome, sharing all of their little tricks and techniques with us to ensure we would have as much of a lucrative trip as possible. Then. Once the sun had set, we loaded up into the boat and set off into the swamps. It really was like a dream come true for me. The landscape down there really is something to behold. But here's the thing. The shallow bottom boat we were on had these floodlights on it, just below the waterline. Most fishermen will tell you that this is basically cheating since the fish tend to be attracted to lights. But since we were just using bows and arrows, I guess it kind of evened out the odds. However, having lights on your boat like that totally ruins your night vision. So, as much as you can see the water around you perfectly, it blinds you to the darkened areas beyond. And that makes you feel vulnerable indeed. There could have been anything out there in the darkness just watching us and we would have absolutely no idea it was ever there. So we are having a ball for the first hour or so, mostly just making fun of each other for missing our shot so much. But eventually, we started getting the hang of this whole accuracy thing. We are pulling in all kinds of black drums, redfish, and flounder, which are delicious by the way. But I could not see any of the fish I wanted to shoot, and that was alligator gar. I had my heart set on getting my hands on a big 10-footer to show the guys back at the office, but I was worried the entire trip might pass before I get the chance to shoot one. But eventually, one of my buddies is looking over the side of the boat into the brightly lit but murky waters when he calls out to me that he sees a big old gar hiding among some reeds just a few feet away. He knew I was after one, as was everyone, so everyone got out of the birthday boy's way so I could get a clear shot on it. So there I was, right on the edge of the boat with my bow and arrow in hand, trying to get myself a good aim on this gar. Jesus Christ, was this thing huge. I mean, it was easily a 10-footer, the same exact kind of monster that I had been dreaming of getting my hands on, 
and I really had to regulate my breathing to keep my hands from shaking too much. Only just as I start to get a steady aim on the thing, and I'm about to fire the arrow into the water, it starts to slowly creep further away from the boat, almost like this damn thing knew I had my eyes on it, but I was not going to let it get away. And as dumb as this was, I start leaning over the edge of the boat as to not lose it. That is when I lose my balance, and I start wobbling and tipping over the side of the boat before my buddies could reach out to grab me and reel me in. Bow in hand, I crash into the murky waters head first, getting absolutely soaked in the process. I can hear the guys in the boat laughing their asses off before I even resurface, and when I finally do, I got to admit, I was laughing too. But as I look up from the water, they do not look so cheerful anymore. They are all just looking behind at me, staring at something with these looks of terror on their faces. I'm all like, what's the problem? Before I look behind me, I see a pair of glassy eyes glowing in the lights of the boat just before they disappear under the water. It was a gator, and it was huge. I start scrambling to get back to the boat, trying and failing to scale the side of it before the thing got me. All my buddies rush to my side and try to grab me, but the bow fishing instructor rushes to the opposite side, grabbing one of my two friends and imploring them to do the same. Lest we tip the whole thing over and all end up in the water, just as they get a grip on me and start dragging me upwards, I feel an intense pressure on my right boot. It was horrible. I just start screaming, it's got me, it's got me, over and over, feeling my leg beginning to stretch from the guys dragging me up and the gator trying to drag me down. Then suddenly I am free and the guys can pull me back into the boat, but that did not bring any relief. As in that moment, I can think of, uh, is this how this gator has bitten my damn foot off? There was no pain, but I have heard in those adrenaline-fueled moments you do not feel the massive injury that has been inflicted on you. I am scrambling around in the boat, trying to get a look at my leg, half expecting to see a missing foot and blood pouring out from the bottom of the boat, but to my infinite, but to my infinite relief, all I see is a soaking wet sock, covering my still-attached foot. The relief, the pure relief I felt in that moment I can hardly put into words, and it did not take me all that long to figure out that a hangover had basically saved my life. Since I was feeling so rough that morning, I had not bothered to tie my boots up all that tight, giving them enough slack to allow the gator to pull it straight off of my foot. It was without the single most terrifying moment of my entire life. Seeing that thing's eyes practically glowing in the floodlights of the boat put the absolute fear of God into me, and I know how lucky I am that I was able to walk away from the situation with all of my limbs still attached and relatively unharmed. I could just as easily bled to death lying on the floor of that boat thousands of miles away from my kids, my wife, and my family, while my buddies looked on helplessly. We took a fair amount out of the swamps that night, and I suppose it was only right that the swamps took something back. I did not manage to catch the gar I had been lusting for in the end, but that was okay by me. I am just happy that I did not get eaten by an alligator. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true fishing horror stories sent in by viewers just like you. If you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to smack that like button so it really knows you enjoyed it. Be sure to subscribe if you're new and turn on notifications so you don't miss a new episode as I upload them multiple times a week on all things natural and supernatural. If you yourself have a scary story that you would like to share in a future episode, 
Be sure to submit your story at SwampDweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I would love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. Stories like yours that help keep this show going on a daily basis. If you're on the go but don't have YouTube Premium but still want to download and listen to your favorite Swamp Dweller scary stories no matter where you are, you can download them absolutely free from Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and pretty much everywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. If you could, give me a 5-star rating over there as it really helps me grow on those platforms. If you made it to the very end, I would love to know what story was your favorite tonight. It helps me out picking stories in the future, and I just like to get to know what stories you like the most. If you made it to the end as well, be sure to comment the code word Slithering Sea Bass to confuse anybody. The funniest comment with Slithering Sea Bass in it will be pinned at the top per usual. I really do enjoy seeing the funny things you guys come up with. It makes my day more often than not. Thank you guys, as always, for supporting the swamp the way you do. I really, really appreciate it. I know I've been uploading a little bit less recently, just been going through a lot of things in life, and it's just been a bit tough to keep up. But I promise you, it shouldn't be like this for too much longer, and I really do appreciate you guys helping me through these hard times. I'll see you guys soon with another creepy episode.